0: Yes, this is Spice Radio, 1200 AM. You're tuned into The Morning Buzz, and you're with me, Natasha. It's a Thursday, which means at 9.15, we have a date with Margareta Dovgal. She's the Managing Director at Resource Works Society. A very good morning to Margareta. It's uh, wonderful to be chatting with you today, Natasha. How's it going? Very good. In fact, it's always a pleasure to connect with you because you fill us in on everything related to politics, climate change, energy, and everything else. So thank you so much for being on the show today. Absolutely. So let's start off with this. Yesterday, the B.C. Conservatives attained official party status in the B.C. legislature as a result of a floor crossing from Abbotsford South MLA Bruce Bannman. So what has the response been like? Entirely unsurprisingly,
1: members of the B.C. Conservative Party, which until fairly recently didn't even have a single elected MLA until John Rastad was turfed from B.C. United and plan to lead a party conventionally expected to not really be a player, Uh, those members are elated. Uh, What I've been seeing from them is, uh, you know, they're thrilled. And going from one MLA to two, doubling your standing, uh, and as you said, getting official party status, which comes with the ability to uh, ask some questions uh, in question periods at the BC legislature, uh, that that is momentum. Uh, But the real question is whether it will be enough to, uh, you know, sustain the party uh, in the growth that those members want to see. And I would say it's tough to predict what's going to happen right now. Uh, We still have a good amount of time until the next election. Um, And what's happening with BC United, a party formerly known as the BC Liberal Party, uh, is, I would say, almost just as important. And uh, the supporters that I speak to in BC United uh, range, in their opinion, from being mildly concerned to mildly or not so mildly panicking. Uh, No one that I've spoken to yet is absolutely pessimistic. Uh, But losing an MLA, uh, because Bruce uh, left BC United after a notoriously bad performance in a by-election just a few months ago, uh, placing behind not only the governing governing BC NDP, but also the Conservatives and Greens, uh, it signals trouble. And it's clear that on some level, the bid to revitalize the right wing in this province by rebranding from the BC Liberal name has actually paid off for Kevin Falcon and his team. But I think it's done so in a really twisted way, because it has actually been outside uh, of the organized right uh, in the party, outside of that Big tent coalition that characterized uh, the BC Liberals for uh, almost two decades. And in the days when the party was in government, it united the center and the right. Its performance varied between elections, but the uh, BCDP had gotten such a resounding kick in the 2001 election uh, when the uh, BC Liberals came in that it wasn't until the 2010s um, that they really presented a risk. Um, So politics is cyclical And it takes uh, parties time To both gain and lose momentum And sometimes that happens very quickly Uh, And you know Some weeks go by Some months go by Where it feels like there's no news on this front Uh, And now everyone is just abuzz With uh, this realisation That this could actually mean trouble uh, For the way things have been uh, For BC United in opposition
0: And only time would tell So what is it going to mean For his new party In the next provincial election? Well I would just say
1: to start off that electoral performance is about more than just sentiment. Uh, you know how people say they feel, and you know whose policies they think are important. That's a really big part of it, of course. Um, but the ability to get to that point where I uh, sentiment, and I, I think the sentiment around things like affordability and the sense of anxiety that. Rural resource-based communities have about how things are going, uh, which I think plays well to a conservative message, um, is certainly quite high. But being able to translate that into votes on Election Day and the lead-up to Election Day uh, takes a lot. Uh, it principally relies on um, a party's ability to perform these core organizational functions at a very sizable scale. So they need to raise and effectively manage the spending of whack-loads of cash. Campaigns and ads don't run themselves professional skills and infrastructure, take money to build. They also need to attract human capital. Um, and that could even you know, be on the money side, too, people who are willing to go out there and fundraise for them, people who are willing to uh, spend money with the party, uh, up, to, up to the limit, of course, and you know, ask their friends who are willing to, uh, to, to invest to get in there. Um, but the way that most people look at it, it's candidates and organizers. Uh, and, yes, you could do a lot with uh, new faces and new names, um, but you do need people who are experienced, they are recognized, and they bring that reputation. Um, and to attract high-caliber humans, a party needs a vision, a sense of purpose, and achievability. And they also need to deliver the social capital and prestige value that's associated with spending time and energy on a worthwhile campaign. So it can sometimes be hard for an upstart party to do that. Uh, you know Whether they can field candidates in all or most ridings, I think it's still uh, up, up to debate. Um, But they might not even need to do that in order to have a strong showing that chips away support from uh, BC United. Um, I think one of the trajectories that people are concerned about is that uh, it's just going to flip the right, uh, as happens in so many other provincial elections and uh, often leads to the uh, continued success of uh, center-left, left uh, left parties. Um, And finally, they need to develop a finely-tuned message that, to and the support they need from the voters and the communities that are likely to vote for them to score enough wins to maintain that momentum. I don't think that'll be a tremendous challenge um, because, again, there's, you know, these external factors. Um, so much of what's happening around the world right now is in terms of supply chains and uh, quality of life. It's, it's hitting Canadians and British Columbia is really hard. So a party that, you know, is about economic fundamentals, and uh, going back to basics, um, I think there's a slightly better possibility of success in that scenario. Um, but all of these things that are needed to be done are also true for BC United. And on account of still having a sizable, even if somewhat disengaged pool of experienced political operators and supporters, as well as a robust campaign infrastructure and years and decades of campaign experience under the belt, official opposition status, which the BC United Party currently holds, is still very much theirs. Uh, it's theirs to lose as well. Um, and they would really have to drop the ball to enable the B.C. cons to rise uh, much further. Much uh, look, I'm not worried about the B.C. NDP's ability to do these things at all. They've been in government since 2017. Um, they've taken what was already a modern party machine while in opposition and transformed it into an effective vehicle for the province's governing party. And like Lockwork, they raise cash, recruit stellar candidates, they keep the party base strong uh, to gear up for an election. Um, so the introduction of a, a new player in this landscape, a player that really shouldn't have existed if the right was truly united, uh, does present a destabilizing force. And you know, I'm, I'm curious to see what happens. Um, there's a lot of unknowns, um, but I do expect we will see some declines in the performance of BC United if the Conservatives continue uh, with this momentum that they've gained in the last couple of days.
0: Wow. And of course, the real issues matter, like inflation, housing and, you know, health care as well. Now, in other news, major Canadian energy producer Suncor got a new CEO six months and they are taking a novel direction. Now, how is that going? Well, let me put it this way. Having the CEO of a major Canadian
1: company quote uh, Ted Lasso in an op-ed, which I did <laughs> just the other day about his uh, company's strategic direction was uh, not really on my bingo card for 2023, <laughs> but uh, here we are. Uh, I, I, felt, I felt like it was interesting that you know, he's speaking out. It's been six months now since he said that he's been in the role. And um, there's been some concern that, you know, for, for those who invest in Sun4, uh, which is uh, one of uh, a handful of very large producers, uh, principally focused on the oil sands uh, in Alberta, um, there's been some concern among uh, investors and folks in that space that, um, you know, the company was spending a lot of money, money on things that are not core to its business. Um, that is to say, producing oil and gas products uh, for uh, markets, and uh, you know, shareholders uh, obviously have a voice in a publicly traded company. A new CEO came in, and there's been a lot of signals over the last couple of months that change is afoot, and uh, you know, he's been talking a lot about um, this need for the party, not party, for the company <laughs> uh, to go back to its core fundamentals. Um, while still maintaining that progress on uh, environmental performance and emissions reduction. It continues to be a part of the Pathways Alliance, uh, which is a a group of major oil sands producers who are committed to net zero by 2050 and all the technology that will be needed to produce oil and gas in that form. Um, But it is an interesting time. And, you know, in Alberta overall, we're seeing some interesting signs from the provincial government. The premier um, says she's going to be announcing uh, this fall a program to... For even more carbon capture projects. So Pathways is a good uh, example of that. Um, so change is afoot. Um, the energy sector is in a time of transformation, but I think the raw human capital and the dedication and the highly skilled nature of that workforce and the leadership that you see there uh, will enable it to stay competitive, but eh, there's always policy challenges and global challenges too to contend with.
0: Now, speaking of climate change, both the federal government and the B.C. provincial government have been working on a range of policies. Now, you often mention this idea that climate change has costs, but so does energy transition. Now, would you unpack that a bit more for us and explain what impact these measures are having?
1: Yeah, we're definitely starting to see through really, really uh, credible uh, research that uh, great policies um, that push us to abandon fossil fuels uh, do have material costs. And let's also just be realistic here. Climate change is real. It's having real and growing impacts right here in B.C. and around the world. Uh, we know that uh, the way that we uh, develop our economies, fossil fuels, is driving this. Uh, emissions are causing climate change. But we actually rely on fossil fuels and uh, many other energy-intensive industries um, that just can't be you know, switched on a dime uh, to uh, not being emitting anymore uh, to maintain this quality of life that we have in this global civilization that we live in. And um, we saw some research with respect to provincial policies that um, if uh, proposed and current policies proceed as expected, uh, British Columbia families uh, could see an $11,000 annual reduction in their average household earnings. Um, So that's a really big price to pay. Uh, We're we're hearing that the annual cost of climate change to Canada is about $35 billion a year, or is expected to be pretty soon. Um, We heard uh, in uh, research uh, released by uh, energy uh, industry groups that uh, the cost of killing Canada's oil and gas sector could cost the economy $55 billion a year. Uh, So, you know, we're not exclusively responsible for the climate change that we are experiencing here in Canada. We pay the price for it. Uh, We're responsible for, you know, under 2% of the emissions that actually cause climate change. So um, I think it's important to have perspective here and ensure that we are putting pressure on our highly emitting industries. But we are doing so in a way that is pragmatic and enables us to maintain a high quality of life and to maintain that political goodwill from the public that will allow us to act on climate change effectively without completely throwing the baby out with the bathwater.
0: Interesting. Now, one last topic I wanted to dive into. Glenn Clark, former BC Premier, departed from the Patterson Group earlier this year, leaving some people asking, what's next for him? Tell us about that.
1: Well, uh, just uh, super briefly, because I know we're running out of time here. Uh, He has joined the the board of Tursa Earth Innovations. uh, And... uh, You know, full disclosure, I'm a co-founder of that company, uh, but I'm really excited because uh, um, the team at Tursa is developing technologies to remediate um, mining wastewater, Um, and mining is an industry, as our world transitions um, into new ways of producing and consuming power that we're going to need much more of. That increase in mining has increased environmental costs if we don't have the technology to treat it. Um, so, you know, applying uh, bio bacteria to fix the problem is what Tursa is trying to do. So this is a really positive step for Tursa. I'm excited um, that uh, Glenn is uh, joining the team and all the expertise and networks that he brings. And it's positive news overall for innovation in mining in this province. Um, you know, there's many players out there right now who want to offer solutions to the world. We have the ability to offer products and commodities that the world needs, So I think overall, leveraging that talent, that skill, and our natural resources is going to continue to be the key to maintaining a high quality of life in Canada without sacrificing the environment.
0: Well, Margareta, thank you so much for always breaking it down for us. So simply, politics, climate change, energy, everything all rolled into one. You have a beautiful day ahead. Till next week. Take care. Bye. Cheers.